MyWax Museum is a proud member of the Create Vine. Hey guys, before I get into today's show, I just wanted to remind you all that we just started earlier this year a new podcast. It's called Broken Bulbs, where we sit down with interesting people and talk to them about their professional, creative, and sometimes personal failures. It's a really cool show. We have a good laugh and learn a great lesson. So if you want to check that out, you can search for Broken Bulbs wherever you get your podcasts. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by one of my very first university friends, Megan Taylor. Megan is awesome, and she has all the kindness and welcoming attitude of a Midwestern person. She's also incredibly smart and somebody who I don't think I could have made it through my time at BYU-Idaho without. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you. It's just a fun conversation. And remember, after today's show, to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Megan Taylor, welcome to My Wax Museum. Hello. Hello, Alex. Um, I know it's been a dream of yours since we first met to be on my podcast. I, For um, sure, yes. I, I just... <laughs> um, actually, I like to start off the show with how we've known each other. I feel like out of some of my more recent guests, I've actually known you a lot longer than a lot of them, actually. Um, so would you mind filling the folks in on how we know each other. And if there's a specific story, you can add that in there too. Yeah. So Alex and I met in September of 2018. We were in a history class together, like an intro to history class. And the teacher like put us into groups that we do like pretty much everything with for the rest of the semester. And Alex was in my group. So we would He'd walk me from class to my next classes. We'd talk about life. Um, and then I was his TA for a semester. Good times. <laughs> which was fun. Um, and we've just been friends ever since that, pretty much. We've had a, I don't think we've had any more classes together, but we're kind of in majors that work with each other. So I've, you know, helped him with other classes and given him advice about different teachers and classes and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. You've been more or less, I think like one semester ahead of me. So you've taken a lot of classes before I've taken them, especially in the ed department, which I've changed my major now. So we're not in the same major anymore. Uh, but I did do a lot of asking about like this professor, are they good? Are they okay? Should I take a class from them? And uh, Megan has saved my life a couple times from having to take awful, awful <laughs> professors, not naming any names. I remember, I remember my first impression of you, um, which I don't, I don't remember like my first impression of most people, but this was my first semester. This was one of my first classes that I was taking um, was this history class, like Megan mentioned. And Megan was in my group and I saw like how organized she was. And I was like, that's the smart person in the group. She's like, she's in charge. 
it's official. I thought I thought you were like two years older than me. I'm not like I'm not even kidding. No. I, I was like, she's got it together. Cause I think, are you two years younger than me? How old are you? How old are you? I'm 21. You're 21. You're three years younger than me. So yeah. Megan's three years younger than me, but I thought like she's gotta be at least two years older than me because she's she's got this university thing down. Like she knows what she's doing. And um I was just like, okay she's in charge in the group i still remember it was it was you me whitney jared and um oh there were there was wade and there was uh steven do you remember that wore shorts every day (laughs) steven wore shorts every day which are is not allowed at the school and i like asked him one time i was like why do you wear shorts he's like nobody's said anything yet <laughs> and so i'm like this guy Even when it was it was snowing and it was 30 degrees he'd be wearing shorts yeah yeah wore shorts literally every day no matter the weather it was amazing my personal hero i think the only day he didn't wear shorts was halloween yeah cuz he dressed up that's right he did. That was awesome, man. That was a good class. Um, so yeah, I do remember. I just everything about my first semester of university, I remember like crystallized every moment. Everything since then has just kind of been a blur. But that first semester, I remember everything. <laughs> um, so I was really impressed with your organizational skills and your intelligence. So maybe we'll get into that in this podcast. How you became uh, this this person. But let's start off with, where are you from originally? I was born in Surrey, outside of Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Very cool. A um, fellow Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't live there for very long. Um, but my parents had moved there. My dad got had gotten a job in Vancouver. Um, I think in like either 94 or 95. Um and then they had my older sister while they were there. And then I was born there three years later. And then we lived there for a little while. And then I think my dad lost his job or got another job somewhere. And so we moved out of Canada. I think it was like 2001, probably. So I only lived there for like two years. So I don't have any memories of it, which is really sad. But I want to go back and maybe visit all the old places that my parents would go and stuff that'd be really cool have you not been back at all since no i have never been back to canada really it's very sad that is interesting yeah because it's not like you live far from canada now yeah no i don't (laughs) well i mean at my parents house there's a whole lake separating i mean us in canada but here here you could drive there if you wanted yeah Yeah, it'd be easy enough. I mean, not right now, maybe, but, uh, you know, when things are a little more open. Yeah, not right now, but. (laughs) Uh, So I kind of, so where did you go after your parents left British Columbia? Like, where was next? So my parents were moving to Arizona. Um, We spent the summer before we, like, officially moved to Arizona we lived at my grandparents' house in their basement while my parents looked for a house in Arizona. And then right, I think it must have been right before the school year started. So like August or beginning of September, they moved to Arizona and we lived there for four years, I think. 
Yeah, four years. We lived for four years. And while we were there, we lived in uh, we lived in Chandler, Arizona for two years. And that's where my little brother was born. So that's one of my first memories is having my little brother be born. Um, and then we moved to a house my parents were able to buy, buy their first house up until then they'd always been renting. So we bought, they bought a house and we lived in this town called Casa Grande. Um, and I remember the street that we lived on was Rattlesnake Place. And I was always so scared that there was going to be rattlesnakes living in our, like our garden or our backyard or whatever. Um, I don't think there ever were. So that was good. But it was basically the desert. Like we had our, our house and our like backyard, like fenced in. And then behind us was just desert. Like, I think if you went like a hundred miles back from our house, you'd like get to Mexico. Like, wow. <laughs> it was Southern Arizona. Um, and so we lived there for a couple years, two more years. And I started school, started kindergarten, elementary school or first grade. And then we moved to Wisconsin in 2005. And I remember I didn't know where Wisconsin was. I thought it was an island, um, but I knew there was snow there. And I was very excited because I hadn't really ever seen snow before. Oh, yeah. Besides like just the tiniest bits that would fall in Arizona and then like immediately melt. Or like if we went to Christmas at my grandma's house in Utah, you know, we'd see snow there, but I was so excited to like own a snow coat, like own my own coat (laughs) that you could like wear in the snow and like go sledding and stuff. And so we moved to Wisconsin in 2005 and we've lived there ever since. I, I tell people like, I'm from, I mean, I am from Wisconsin, but I'll tell people that I've grown up there. Um, and if they really get to know me, I'll tell them about Canada and uh, Arizona, but Wisconsin is home. My parents have lived, we've lived in the same house for almost 15 years now. It's the longest my parents have ever lived anywhere. And I love it. We live like five minutes from the lake. So there's always fun things to do. It's so nice and green and beautiful very different from Idaho. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we lived, we've lived in Wisconsin ever since. Um, Did school, did high school, finished up, and then I came out to BYU-Idaho in 2017, and I've been here ever since. That's, that's where I've been. (laughs) That's awesome. I I always find it interesting because, yeah, like I didn't, I didn't know you lived in Arizona at all. I know about the Canada thing because I'm Canadian. So you told me that. Um, but, and it's interesting. I interviewed, you know, my roommate Warren. Um, so his episode was just a few weeks back. And at least from the release date of your episode, he mentioned he lived in Arizona too. So I feel like it's just a, like a stopping point uh, for people um but yeah he was there very briefly as well maybe at the same time how weird would that be if you were neighbors and never knew it that would be wow (laughs) yeah amazing so um so you're from wisconsin like that's home 15 years 15 years is a long time like if i moved somewhere now and i and i lived there for the next 15 years i'd probably start telling people 
even though I'm originally from Calgary, I'd probably start saying like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm I'm from whatever place, you know, because that's where I'm from. That's where I am. Um, do you feel like, I don't know, like I know nothing about Wisconsin. I know it's like in the Great Lakes region. Mm-hmm. Can you just tell me a little bit about your home, about what it's like um, going home, um, you mentioned the greenery and the lakes and how it's significantly more humid than Idaho. Um, yes. <laughs> what are some of the other things that you love about it? So I am a true suburban born and raised person. Um, if you like look up suburb, I'm sure you could find a picture of my neighborhood it is so suburban. Um, <laughs> so my hometown is 20 minutes north of Milwaukee, which is if you don't know, about two hours north of Chicago. Um, And it's right, like I said, five minutes from Lake Michigan, which is huge. A lot of people don't realize how enormous Lake Michigan is. It's basically like like an ocean or like a sea. Um, But so I live in a a nice uh, suburban neighborhood. It's not like a a small town. There's, I think there's like nine or 10,000 people that live there. So a fairly, not like tiny, but not huge. Um, I went to, you know, elementary school, middle school and high school where I knew all the kids in my grade. I knew all of their names. I probably would have been able to tell you some fun fact about them. So a very close knit community. Um, but Wisconsin itself is amazing. It is so green and it's like flat, but there's also some hills there. Um, obviously you have the Great Lakes, which um, they came from like glaciers from thousands and thousands of years ago. And those glaciers also left a ton of lakes within Wisconsin itself. So they call Minnesota the like land of a thousand lakes or 10,000 lakes, but really that's Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin is the land of 10,000 lakes. You can find a lake anywhere. Um, And it's really, it's an interesting place because down south where I'm from, there's not a ton of diversity, but it's a a more diverse place. But the more northern you go, you get up to like those country hicks and stuff, people that have like a million acres of land and like would drive a tractor to school. Right. There were, there were some high schools, not, not my high school, but high schools around us that had take your tractor to school day, <laughs> like during like homecoming spirit week. So everyone would like drive their tractors. Um, it's a very agricultural kind of area. Lots of dairy farms, which is like the big thing that Wisconsin is known for, like the milk and cheese. Like I live next to a dairy farm. It's a great place. And the people there are great. I love it. So you, everyone was so nice and so kind all the time. I don't remember a lot of like, even the like mean kids in school were still like nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just like, it's, that's the best part about the Midwest, how nice everyone is. Yeah. And you don't, I mean, yeah, in Idaho, there's still nice people, but it's just not the same. <laughs> it's so great out in the Midwest. Everyone's so nice all the time. I love how fondly you speak of just like the Midwest in general. I've never been out there, um, but I've repeatedly heard about this 
kind of hospitality um, that the Midwest has. You know what else has hospitality? Broken bulbs. Just kidding. That's probably false advertising. We don't have hospitality on broken bulbs, but we do have fun stories. And the episodes only last from 10 to 15 minutes. So if you were listening to one of those episodes, you'd actually already be done the podcast. But I apologize. There is so much more podcasts to listen to here on My Wax Museum. So go and subscribe to Broken Bulbs wherever you get your podcasts. And without further ado, I'll let you get back to this show. So I'm, I'm curious how that influenced you as an individual, like as you go out and have gone out into the world to kind of become your own person and do your own thing, what kind of values do you take away from that into, you know, you being an adult on your own, living your life? <laughs> I've noticed, especially when like in college and with roommates, roommates that I've had that are from the West or from out like further East than I am. They're just like, they're not like, like mean people or anything, but they're just like, like, I'm just a very kind person all the time. Like, I don't like, I will be so kind to you. You could like spill soup on me, like kick me in the face. I'll be like, (laughs) thank you for that. I'm so sorry that your foot hurts now from kicking me. Like, (laughs) and it's just, it's like that, like I said, like that mid, you know, you hear a lot about Southern hospitality, but Midwest hospitality is really where it's at because they're just, they're nice all the time. And so I just, I am, I've just seen myself be a very nice and kind person and I'm very understanding of others. And that's changed who I am being able to like empathize with people. It's made me like understand other person's struggles because I haven't had a lot of struggles in my life. I'm a white, you know, middle-class suburban girl. Like, yeah, I'm a woman. So that's kind of where like my strife would be, but like, I haven't had a lot of bad things happen in my life. So being able to be kind to others and to understand what they've gone through and their life stories has made me want to be even kinder than I am. Like, I'm like, oh, I wish I was as kind as them. Like, they're so kind. They've gone through so much and they're still so happy. I'm like, I haven't gone through anything and I'm not that nice and kind. And I want to be like them. And yeah, it's just like, I've because of those values that were instilled in me from these like Midwest people, I'm just able to empathize with people more and to like connect with them. I, you know, I, I think that's really important um, in our, in our, quick questions that I always ask beforehand that I use as kind of promotional material for the show on Instagram and stuff. You you mentioned that what you would want to share with the world, if you could share one thing, would be an encouragement to be kind to other people. And that's not like, I mean, that's something common that people say to that question, because I think we all acknowledge that that's so important. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if you've had a personal experience with someone uh, that you know who shared that kindness with you and kind of set that example for you? My one like big life, big strife experience, I guess, would be that my my dad lost his job during the recession in like 2008 and 2009. Um, He lost it for two years. It was the whole time that my brother was on his mission. And my dad was also 
the bishop at the time. So we were like, what the heck? All these good things are happening. Like all these bad things are happening. Um, and there was times where I, I don't remember a lot of it. I've blocked a lot of it out of my mind. Um, just kind of, I guess, cope with what happened. Um, but I do remember the members of our ward would, they would come together and like anonymously deliver us like groceries or like gift cards to grocery stores so that we could like be able to spend the little money that my parents did have on like bills and necessities like that so that we'd be able to have food on the table or they'd like bake us bread or give us like home canned goods and stuff like that. And so, and we still, we have no idea who was, we know it was people in our ward, but we don't know who like organized it all, who did it. They kept it completely anonymous the whole time. Um, and so seeing that kindness from people, cause there were other people in the ward at the time that were also going through what we were going through. And so them being able to see that we, they were in need, but we were also in need and being able to, you know, take what they had and still share it with everyone else really made me want to be kinder and be more empathetic and loving. I always think it's awesome. You know, um, I mean, obviously hard times suck. Like there's no way to kind of, you know, um, pretend that they don't. And I don't think that we should, but I think it's awesome that when we go through those hard times that people show up and, and that they help out. So I, I, th I think that's fantastic that you were able to have that experience um, and, and see that kindness of, of people kind of coming out of the woodwork to, to support you and your family. Moving on from, from that, I want to talk a bit more about what you're doing now with your life. Uh, you're in school. Uh, why don't you tell us what you're studying and then kind of like where you hope to see things go from here? Yeah, so my major is history education. I started out school as elementary education with a history minor, I think. Um, and then I found out that history education was an option for me. And that's immediately what I wanted to do. So I changed my major so fast. Um, so I'm doing history education. Up until a little while ago, I wanted to be a high school history teacher. That was the goal. Um, up until probably the beginning of this semester, so a month ago, that was really what I wanted to do. Um, and for some reason, the beginning of the semester, I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, I'm seven semesters into college. I'm basically going to graduate. <laughs> and I didn't want to do what I was doing anymore. So I started to like do some research about things. And I found out um, about museums and museum work. And so I've decided I still am going to get my degree in history education, but I want to work at museums and one day, hopefully, probably be a museum curator, which would mean going to grad school and doing all that. But honestly, teaching is great and it is a wonderful job. And I commend everyone that 
goes into teaching public privately or in universities or colleges, but I have just realized that it's really not for me. And I wish that it was, but it's just not. (laughs) But you're still maintaining that interest in history. Of course, absolutely. What is it that draws you into history then? Specifically, it was my history teacher in high school. Um, He was my U.S. history teacher. His name was Mr. Gajewski. And he, I like had an interest in history prior to this class, but it wasn't like, oh, that's what I want to do with my life. And the way that he taught history made it so that even the kids in the class that had no interest whatsoever wanted to participate and wanted to learn about it. He made it so fun and so like applicable to our lives. Like he was able to, even if we were talking about like some obscure something that happened in the 1800s, he was like, hey, they did this and it led to this and this and this. And so that's how it applies to, that's how it works with today. And so how he made it so fun, it just made it easier to learn. And then I just got addicted to it. (laughs) I took every history course that my high school offered. um, And I'm sure I talked about it earlier in our questions, but I was obsessed with um, Greek mythology and like just ancient Greece as a child. And so I kind of had some interest in it. But like that class really solidified that I was a I was a history person. <laughs> That's awesome that it started so young too. That's like because for me, I didn't I didn't know that I would be interested in teaching till I was twenty two already. And so I th- I think that's really cool that it was like a thing for you at such a young age. Um, but now you've shifted away from teaching and you mentioned the potential of becoming a museum curator. What What's involved with becoming a museum cu- curator or kind of any of the rest of the career path? You mentioned more school, but I guess what would you be doing? Um, so from the little research that I've done in the past month about it. um, It involves like, I guess, like getting the things to put in museums. Like that's kind of what it is. Finding the artifacts and contacting the people that have the artifacts and contacting other museums to put together different exhibits for the museum and like being in charge of all of the stuff that's in there, making sure that it's, in exhibits that are historically accurate for the time and making sure that it all it like works i guess that that makes sense that would be such an interesting job because you'd get to like work actually with the artifacts and like see them and like handle them and probably i mean obviously if you're studying history you know more about those things in general already but just to like be so hands-on with history. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a specific area that interests you the most? Um, I've always been a World War II girl. I love World War II, but pretty much anything, any kind of history, I'm really, I would be willing to, if you tell me something interesting about one period of history, I'm like, okay, well, I want to learn more about that thing. So I'll like look more into it. Um, But Really, U.S. history is kind of my bread and butter, but I think it'd be so cool to work at like museums in Europe and like work with European history because there's so much more there. The U.S. is so young (laughs) 
and Europe is just like a million years older than us. Well, and like, I feel like there are more artifacts. I don't know much about like Native American history and stuff, but I, mm -hmm. I f and I don't know if it's like we've been, you know, focus less on the history or what, but I do feel like maybe in Europe there were more permanent settlements too. So they're like, it's just a different, yeah, you know, a different type of study of history. I feel like sometimes, um, at least from my understanding, um, yeah. like we, like we said, I changed my major. So what do I know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So that's kind of how you're seeing the future. You said U.S. history, World War II, those are like the big things for you. But then if you go to Europe and you're looking at their history, is it still like World War II kind of thing? Or do you start diving further back? I I mean, World War II, just kind of like military history anywhere is what a lot of people are really interested in because there's conflict and there's a winner and a loser. And so I think just any kind of military history World War II or World War I would be really interesting to learn about from, you know, the European perspective, because all I've known is the American perspective of it. But just like any sort of military or like conflict kind of history would be interesting to learn about. Hmm. That is a really interesting um, point that military history is, is quite unique in that way, because... Um, there's a winner and a loser. And like you said, all these different perspectives and kind of sides to the story. Um, so then moving on, what do you think like when you retire um, to kind of get like a long view of your career and your life, when you retire, what do you think is the coolest thing you will have accomplished? Well, if everything were to play out how I would exactly want it to in my greatest mind's eye I think the coolest thing that I would have done would have been to leave my life behind in the U.S. and move to England and go to school there and start a life there and work in London or Paris or Rome or wherever life takes me just going wherever the wind would take me and hopefully it would take me to Europe <laughs> interesting that that is really interesting yeah huh I, I i'm always fascinated have you ever been to europe just like a quick question no i wish i wish but no i've not dang well hopefully the wind blows you in that direction um we're kind of wrapping up on as far as time is concerned here so i'll i'll ask you this last question this is what i like to ask um, everybody at the end of the episode, I do remember I forgot to ask somebody once, but I just, you know, it happens. <laughs> uh, so, um, tell me, Megan, at the end of your life, when you're looking back at everything, hopefully medical technology has advanced enough. I'm really putting this out there cause I really hope that it does that you're like 150 years old, right? You're, you're real old yeah. and you're looking back on everything you've experienced everything you've accomplished the the whole life you've lived what are the things that you would say you're most proud of and what are you most satisfied with with my if of my life now i'm proud of myself for going to college and moving out west 
a lot of the people in my high school really just stayed either in Wisconsin or in the Midwest and didn't really branch out, I guess. And so I'm really proud that I was willing and able to leave that life behind in Wisconsin. And especially my first semester, I drove out to school all by myself, 18 years old, car packed full of all my belongings. I'm proud that I was able to do that by myself. I don't know a lot of people that can say they've driven halfway across the country 10 or 12 or 15 times like I have. Um, So I'm really, I'm proud and I'm satisfied with how I've been able to multiple times leave that life behind either where, whether it be my, my self old life, not old life, but like my high school kind of life in Wisconsin and leave for Idaho and then leave my college life and being willing to move back home and to, you know, live with my parents again or whatever. I'm just, I'm really happy that I've been able to, to road trip. I love road trips, I'll say, but like, I've been really just glad that I've been brave enough to travel all by myself multiple times. Cause I know lots of people that I tell that to, they're like, Oh Megan, I'm so scared for you. I hope nothing goes wrong and nothing's ever gone wrong. Knock on some wood, but <laughs> I'm just proud of that. Being able to do it all by myself with very little to no help. I think that's something to be proud of. And I mean, that's a, I like road tripping and I like driving, but man, is that a long drive to make it for every semester? Oh man. 22 hours. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. That's something else. Well, um, with that, Megan Taylor, I just want to say thanks once again for being my friend over by the time this comes out. Um, two and a half years we will have known each other it's coming out yeah um march 16th which is your birthday isn't it no march 19th march 19th your birthday okay well this is coming out three days before your birthday so okay happy birthday megan (laughs) thanks for being on the show thanks (laughs) and thank you for listening not just to this show which we certainly do appreciate but more to the people around you, the people in your life that you just happen to know. Take some time, just five minutes, to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco, 